Hello, and welcome to the Bizarre and Fascinating Details podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, and I've got Darcy with me as usual. How are you doing, Darcy? Hey, I'm good. I just took a really big sip of water that probably came through on the microphone, so apologies. Oh, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got kind of a special episode tonight planned for the listeners. I mean, normally we pick a case out and we talk about it exhaustively, and really kind of break into some of the little legal details of what's going on. Um, And then occasionally we'll do shorter kind of little mini episodes where we talk about stuff that's in the news. But I kind of thought tonight we should just talk about some cool articles that I found in the news. Some of them are legal, some of them are just kind of weird. Um, And we'll throw it out there and, and get Darcy's comments on some of these topics. But let me pull these up for you. I always like talking about these because Getting into stuff that surprises Darcy is always fun. (laughs) So did you hear the updates on the Ghislaine Maxwell? (laughs) Yes. And I knew you were going to want to talk about it. And I don't like bathroom talk. So many times. (laughs) Um, I guess she wants a trial delay. And she's blaming blaming the prosecutors on that first and foremost. Um, Second of all, her family has launched a website to -hmm. defend her which mm-hmm. is not surprising to me. Um, and this is one of the latest news articles that came out about her, but they have launched a website in defense of the former British socialite and girlfriend of Jeffrey Epstein ahead of the third appeal to be freed on bail. It purportedly offers factual information about Ghislaine and argues for the 59-year-old's release before trial on charges of recruiting teenage girls for Epstein in the 90s and 2000s. So they added new charges, right, mm-hmm. to her um, sexual trafficking charges, I believe. But it's called realgislane.com. Wow. And comes ahead of the court hearing for the 59-year-old to be freed on bail from detention facilities in Brooklyn, New York, following a third rejection by the court. So her brother says, it's so hard for us to see her held in an American prison in solitary confinement without bail for over 260 days and counting. Boo hoo. <laughs> well, you heard didn't... about, like, she's complaining about the conditions in the jail cell, but you heard yeah. what the prison officials have said. They said she wasn't flushing her toilet yes. and that it was disgusting. But she claims that the toilets are notoriously backed up there anyway and that it wasn't really her fault and that she flushes the toilet appropriately when she's asked. But I guess her cell is squalid, according to her. I could see the toilets not being, like, the most efficient system at a jail, but... Also, like the fact that she her defense is I flush the toilet when you ask, is not yeah. a great defense. Her trial is scheduled, I guess, for July twelfth. Um, frequently, she did not flush the toilet after using it, which caused the cell to smell. God, that's so officials. gross. I really don't like bathroom talk. I cannot imagine. <laughs> like, really, really, like what? What is that going to get you? Not flushing the toilet. Somebody's going to come see how squalid your cell is and let you out early because you decide you don't want to flush the toilet. I don't understand what the purpose is behind that. What, I mean, is there a purpose or is that just how she lives? You know what I mean? Like, well, cause she's used to like people taking care of her or like having maids or is that I what guess, you're thinking? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That's horrifying. Like keep yourself clean. You dirty, For real. filthy animal. <laughs> For real. I get it. I mean, you don't get to shower when you're in a cell, like, as much as you'd like to, but, like, not flushing the toilet seems really gross. It's so gross. I mean, I get it, like, if you pee, because it's not, no, like, I don't want to like bathroom talk. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Anyway, so mm-hmm. there, there's some accusations flowing back and forth, but I think it's funny how they set up a website for her. 
Like, really? And I think, like, the timing of when they set up the website is after that story came out. Realjustlane.com. Yeah. <laughs> Which mean, is how you know on. that it's legit. She's a wife, a mother, a stepmother, and a real human being. No. Yeah. No. She's got a lot of charges against her. They yeah. put sex trafficking in there, and these charges go back 25 years. So yeah. there's a lot of stuff against this woman out there, and it's going to be interesting when this actually does come to trial. Mm-hmm. But... I hope they don't give her bail. Do you want her to get bail? No. No. Okay. She's victimized so many young women. So girls? No, absolutely not. So the other one that um, I'm interested in and just kind of cracking up about is Jeffrey Weinstein or Harvey Weinstein. Oh, they say yeah. he shouldn't face trial in LA because he's lost teeth and is legally blind. Okay. <laughs> so. Get this. They put crazy Phil lawyer- Spector on trial in LA. <laughs> exactly. His lawyers say that the disgraced film producer shouldn't be extradited to LA to face sexual assault and rape charges because his health is deteriorating. That sounds a lot like Bill Cosby, right? It does sound a lot like Bill Cosby. Weinstein's lawyers say the 69-year-old has lost at least four teeth, is nearly legally blind, and has a myriad of other health issues that should keep him in prison in upstate New York, where he's serving 23 years on convictions of third-degree rape and forcible sexual assault of two women. The claims were made in video conference hearings on Monday in objection to paperwork submitted seeking his extradition. So they're trying to pull him back into L.A. Mm -hmm. um, where he would face more charges, Mm -hmm. right? But he's um, basically going blind and losing teeth and experiencing cardiac issues, back issues, and sleep apnea. So the judge will hear the objections in a hearing on April 30th. Um, Earlier this month, his lawyers filed an appeal on his rape convictions in New York and called for a new trial. So... Really? Is that a legal defense? Yeah, it just, it sounds like those are like form objections that like they just have to raise so they can prove they're defending their client. But like, that's not an excuse. How is that an excuse to stand trial? Yeah, they're saying he's not healthy enough to go face the charges against them, which is not a valid And I'm sure he's playing it up in every possible way too. Like, oh, I'm so sick. I can't possibly go leave my cell to go to a trial or a hearing. Even though it's all on video conferencing now. Anyway. I know. Yeah, just do a video. Con- I mean, just do the video conference anyway. So I'm curious if he thinks the treatment or the accommodations in LA would be a lot worse than the accommodations in, in, in New York, and that's why he's fighting extradition. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe hmm. he's got a posh, kind of a cushy t- sort of a situation in New York. And is or maybe like- his attorneys have told him, like, this is the jail you'll probably be held at. So, like, we want to go ahead and fight this because we know that this worse than, like, what you're currently in or something. I don't know. But I've lost teeth, so I can't go to trial. Like, that doesn't make any sense that's to not, me. Uh, yeah, that's not a good one. No. Um, okay, next case. Um, here's an interesting one <laughs> that I was just kind of baffled by. Did you hear about this one? 911 dispatcher in Louisiana arrested after authorities say she refused to return $1.2 that was accidentally deposited into her account. No. She worked for more than four years as a sheriff's dispatcher in Louisiana. She was fired and arrested after authorities say she refused to return more than $1.2 million that was accidentally deposited into her account. So evidently this woman, Kaylin Spandoni of Harvey, Louisiana, was arrested Wednesday and charged with theft valued over $25,000, bank fraud, and illegal transmission of monetary funds, over accusations that she repeatedly evaded requests to return funds inadvertently <laughs> transferred to her in February. So basically, get this. She has a Charles Schwab account, right? Mm-hmm. And they 
I guess what happened was, hang on. So they accidentally transferred this $1.2 million because of an issue created by software enhancement. They said that the terms of service required customers to return any money inadvertently transferred to them. They attempted to get this money back the following day, but were told the funds were no longer in the Fidelity account because Scandoni <laughs> had moved them to another account. <laughs> so the sheriff's told NOLA.com that Spandoni received funds, transferred them, transferred mistakenly by Charles Schwab because of an accounting error. But it's not her money, so she has no legal claim right. to it. But she immediately transferred that money out of her account. She bought a house <laughs> and a car and all kinds of other stuff. And they said that they would have been able to retrieve about 75% of the funds. But she basically stopped returning their calls and was like, I'm keeping this. It's mine. <laughs> Yeah, she opened this account in January. I guess they were supposed to transfer $82.56 into a Fidelity account. And they accidentally transferred $1.2 million. That's a big F up. (laughs) Yeah, so somebody better have gotten fired at Charles Schwab on the one hand. And number two, like, they couldn't, they could only recover 75% of that? (laughs) Well, I imagine when, because they've charged her, right? So they'll charge her restitution. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But how do you think you're going to get away with that? Like, I just, I don't like, I'm not going to lie. I'd be tempted. I'd probably like try and move the money too, just to see if it was real. Right. But then when they start calling you and telling you to give it back, then you're like, Oh, how do you think you're going to get away with that? I don't know. And she was a 911 dispatcher. So like she has some kind of police training or, you know what I mean? Yeah. She's got to have some kind of ethics training as well. Like, I mean, you can't, think that you could possibly get away with taking that money as your own it's kind of or think that oh yeah this is my actually my money no you know it's not yours like when you get a test back in like school and you see that you got a wrong answer but the teacher didn't mark you off for it no it's like 1.2 million dollars no but i'm saying like with much greater stakes but it's like it, it is like that where you're like do you say something or you just accept the points you know what i mean it's like it with i mean obviously much greater stakes but like I mean, that sort of thing has happened to me before, but not to that extent. Like, I've had money inadvertently transferred to my account accidentally in the past. My dad had that happen. Like, he got, I think, like 16000 from his uh, the the community college where he teaches. Like, for one payday. (laughs) I was like, keep it. Whoops. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. And, you know, the thing is, I knew that it wasn't my money. Well, I actually didn't know because I thought my mom had transferred money to me. It was only a few hundred dollars. Yeah. And I had to pay it back. And I was okay with that. But I thought my mom had transferred it to me, so I spent it. Yeah. Because I, I had asked her recently for money for groceries, and all of a sudden $200 shows up in my account. Right. And I'm like, oh, hey, mom transferred yeah. money to me, so I spent it. And that was back before they had online mobile banking where you could just mm-hmm. check, you know, where it was coming from and things like that. you just check. You'd use your little debit card and pull the balance, and, oh, look, I have $200 in my account. Mom must have transferred the money to me. Right. But it wasn't, and I had to pay it back. And yeah. I was okay with that because I, I was like, oh, my bad. Right. I had to pay a fee. For it, was, it was really an innocent, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But $1.2 million. Hard to, hard to accidentally uh, yeah. keep that yeah. or spend it. I don't care how desperate you are with a COVID economy. $1.2 million transferred accidentally that ain't yours should not be kept. That'd be wild. Like you just right? check your bank. Like I don't check my bank account very regularly. Yeah. Anyway. So, like, I, just to see that, I'd be like, I'm sorry, what's happening now? 
I have to say though, I probably would go get a stack of like $100 bills and like lay around in the bed. (laughs) (laughs) But you could do that with like a couple hundred bucks that you have now. And then I would give it back to them. Yeah. (laughs) Sort of lay on this for a little bit. I would want to roll around in it for a little bit and just like touch it. Pretend like you're breaking bad. (laughs) Maybe for a little bit and then I would let it go. But this woman bought a house. She bought a car. Like she immediately went out and started spending money. Yeah. It's one thing to like go spend money if you don't know that it's like. At least wait a while and be like, okay, maybe, maybe they won't come back for it. But like, she didn't even wait. She like immediately went out. Like how crazy is it that you go out and immediately buy a house? Uh, like I've, I've never bought a house, so I can't answer. But that question. like, that's not an immediate process. No, like, it takes. And maybe a while. it is if you're paying cash. I don't know. That was crazy. Yeah. Bonkers case. It's like I want um, this house now. Yeah, yeah. Um, here's a, another interesting one that I saw that I was just like, what in the actual? Okay, so I'm sure you've heard about this one. Oh, maybe you didn't. MMA fighter loses finger during a bout. When did this happen? This happened like last week. This professional no. MMA fighter had his finger torn off in about a couple Oof. of weeks ago. He officially lost the contest via TKO, obviously, because his finger was detached. But former Olympic freestyle wrestler Pliev suffered the injury early in his Cage Fury Fighting Championship co-main event against Devin Goodale in Philadelphia. The fight aired live on UFC's fight pass streaming platform and was stopped in the second round after the referee realized his left ring finger had detached from his hand. MMA stats and news website recorded the method of victory as detached finger. Can you imagine? (laughs) Four-time national wrestling champion Plev also represented Canada in the 2012 Olympics. He had the digit reattached at a local hospital later in the evening. Yeah. Send it. Send that article to me. So essentially, they made a PA announcement, and they said they were trying to locate the finger, the missing finger. They lost the finger? Evidently, it fell off into his glove during the bout and was missing somewhere at the venue. They eventually found it within his glove, but like he basically says in this post-fight interview, I can't remember anything. I don't really know. I got hit by something big. I don't remember what happened. I'm just being honest. I don't remember what happened. I'll have to watch the tape myself. I don't remember anything. <gasps> Is there video? Yeah, just, former. Oh God, they don't show the finger though, but former oh. WWE wrestler that you can see the fight. Former WWE wrestler CM Punk, who fought twice in the UFC, was working as a commentator at the event and said after the bout, "I don't understand exactly what happened. We're not going to replay it for you, ladies and gentlemen. But it wasn't a compound fracture. It wasn't a dislocation, a break, a laceration. His finger was just gone. It's gone. It fell off, ripped off." Oh, you just saw it. Let me see it. Send it to me. Text no, it to me. No, 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 no. I didn't see it. Oh. I don't. I don't know. I think you can see it. I'm not gonna watch that online. But on, can you imagine? Yes. I mean, no. That's all right. You're just <laughs> so like gripped by this now. You said MMA fighter, or yeah, lose his finger. It fell off into his glove, but I wonder if he like put his hand up and like you could see those like. Was it spurting blood? Like, what was going on? Like, you got to figure, figure if a finger gets freaking ripped off. <laughs> like, did you see it? His, his finger is gone. You don't see the thing. Like, you just see it where said that he like just a took space. like a really hard kick, and he felt like the finger broke. But he did. It was such a hard kick and so much pain that he didn't feel it like rip off. But like, I don't want to see it. 
I just was like horrified. Ooh, and I'm like, video. I'm gonna watch the video when we finish. Oh my god, Darcy, really? He said, yeah. He said that when doctors asked him to rate his pain on a scale of one to ten, he said it was a two. But the thing is, he's an MMA fighter, so like they're used to getting kicked and beat and punched and you know have this extreme pain. So like for him, that was probably nothing. But like, holy moly! Can you imagine having <sighs> your finger ripped off? Um, it's actually pretty common. That's why they say not to wear. Um, what? Well, let me finish. That's why they say not to wear, um, like, wedding rings or jewelry playing, like, basketball or volleyball. Because if it gets caught in the net, it can pull, it can pull your finger off. Oh, I mean, my when God. I say common, I mean, like, 0.01%. But, like, more common than what you would think. Yeah. I that's can't the even. That's not to wear jewelry when you play, like, sports. I can't even. I've never heard that said. I've really? never heard that. Never. I do remember, you know, I saw some pretty wicked injuries playing volleyball remember for so many years. Remember when that girl broke her arm? Yeah, that was bonkers. She's standing there. Somebody hits at her. She puts her arms up to take a pass like broke a Broke her arm. And she literally snapped her forearm. I've never and you seen see that bone before. sticking through her arm. I asked her to That's look at it. That's not the worst. <laughs> that's not the worst the one was the the girl and this was like an intermediate league and like a serious intermediate league not like competitive she goes down onto the floor and puts her hand like this for some reason her finger bent all the way back to here like just boop all the way back to here and it was stuck there and i'm like can i call you an ambulance an ambulance why do you need an ambulance she was freaking out oh and then she stopped and she sat there and she's like no an ambulance is really expensive it just call really my boyfriend. Just yeah. call my boyfriend and have him take me to the hospital. She's got a good head on her shoulders. Ambulances are really yeah. expensive. I saw a lot of really, really gruesome injuries. And the thing is, with stuff like that, like if it's my own, I can't see my own blood. I can't see my. Really? When I broke my nose, I flipped out. Like I, I as soon as I saw blood, done, passed out, gone. Um, but other people, I'm like, okay, I can handle this. Let's go. Let's get you an ambulance. Let's call. And the thing is. I just remember that like nine times out of 10, the people that were there were like, do not call an ambulance. I don't want to, it's too expensive, blah, right. blah, blah. But that, I remember that girl that snapped her forearm. She was so calm. She, she drove, drove herself to the hospital. hospital. I asked she her was if, so like, calm. if she wanted me to drive her. Well, first she's like holding it and you couldn't really see. So I asked her, I'm like, are you sure it's broken? And so she like moves her hand and you could see her like, yeah, yeah her forearm's like the broken. bone was sticking out. And, and, and so I'm like, well, do you want me to drive you to the hospital? She's like, no, I can do it. It's not far. And I'm like, okay. Like, and it was her right arm. It was her right arm. What the hell? Yeah. Like, yeah. Maybe, that's yeah. just some bonkers stuff. I, like, I, I dislocated my pinky when I was in 10th grade. Um, and it was like clearly dislocated. Like you could look at it and see like the top two parts of the finger were like, shifted completely over from the base of my finger and nope. the coach called the freaking ambulance i'm like what do you what's an ambulance gonna do my parents yeah. are gonna come here and take me to the hospital and they're gonna pop it back in place but like actually i i laugh when i hurt myself because i hurt myself in the stupidest ways actually this past weekend i broke my toe i um what yeah i forgot about it until now um i uh i um i was like so i'm doing you broke your toe this weekend yeah so I'm doing, well, like, it's like a, it's my third toe. So it's not a big toe. It's not, it's just. How did you break your toe? I'm about to tell you. So I'm doing this Peloton challenge and every Saturday you do a ride and it's like an all out max effort. And like everybody that's on your quote unquote Peloton team, like they take the average output and like the team with the highest average output wins. So 
Saturday was the first big like competition. And so I'm like warming up and I'm doing like the leg swings, you know, where you like swing your leg back and forth to like warm up my hips and everything. And I turn around because I'm my my bike is kind of like facing like when I'm standing facing my bike, I'm kind of like not looking at the TV and there was something funny on the TV. So I turn around and I look and I accidentally kick the table when I turned around because I wasn't looking where I was oh. kicking. And it was so loud. Dahlia, it scared the hell out of Dahlia. And yeah, I was like, I'm pretty sure I just broke my toe. And then I had to put on my cycling shoes and do that ride. But yeah, I took pictures of it the next day. And it was, it's all purple and everything. But it's one of my, it's one of my, um, my second and third toes on my feet, on both feet are webbed. Or like not completely webbed. But what? Like kind of, they're kind of webbed. They're not completely webbed, but just like a little bit. So it's already buddy taped. So I don't have to do anything. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Do you want some I'm pictures? horrified. I'll no. Text you a oh, okay. No. I don't want to see. That's it's just a purple just toe. Totally grosses me out. Yeah. But then I started um, talking about, uh, on another side tangent, since that's kind of the theme of this episode, can I tell another funny injury story? Sure. Okay. So I was, um, let's see. I broke my, my arm twice. I broke my arm when I was in third grade and again in fifth grade doing the exact same thing. So my cousin had this like trapeze swing where like you would run and then you like fly in the air and you know come back or whatever it was like tied to a tree. Well, my sister, she was like, when you get to the highest point, drop down and see if you can land. So I did it. Oh. And I'm no. eight, so I fell, arms out, and broke my arm. Two no. years later, I i did the same exact thing but i told everybody i fell instead of jumped but i jumped i definitely jumped oh no 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 <laughs> i like wanted to prove i could do it i couldn't i don't know why i was thinking that it was just 10 it's just crazy <laughs> but i had to prove i could do it so i like i can't I, handle that like up until like maybe five oh. years ago i told everybody i, I still fell yeah. But no, I definitely hard, did it. I'm hard to pass on that. I would never do something like that. I'm just terrified of being injured. And when I do get injured, I freak out. Like, I, lit- oh, I would pass out. I'll God. panic and pass out. Like, I can't handle it. I'm, I'm always injured. Like, I'm always doing something stupid. Yeah, no. Hard okay. pass. That's my fun injury um, story. I have more, but for the Next time. article. <laughs> yeah. So, I guess Texas's longest-serving death row inmate had his sentence tossed just here last oh. week. Oh. An appeals court has overturned the sentence of Texas's longest-serving death row inmate, whose attorneys say his, he has languished in prison for more than 45 years because he's too mentally ill to be executed. Oh, wow. So this guy's name is Raymond Riles, and his death sentence can no longer stand because the 70-year-old inmate's history of mental illness was not properly considered by jurors, hmm. the Texas Court of a Criminal Appeal said Wednesday. The decision means that his case will be sent back to Houston courtroom for resentencing. He was sent to death row in 1976 for fatally shooting John Thomas Henry in 1974 at a Houston car lot following a disagreement over a vehicle. A co-defendant was also sentenced to death, but his sentence was overturned, and he later pled guilty to two related charges and was sentenced to 50 to 25 years in prison. When Riles was tried, state law did not expect jurors to consider mitigating evidence like mental illness when deciding whether someone should be sentenced to death. Isn't that horrifying? That is horrifying, especially because he was on death row for so long that the the law actually changed, and how many people yeah. were, and he still was that. there. But the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in 1989 that Texas jury instructions were unconstitutional because they didn't allow consideration of intellectual disability or mental illness or other issues as mitigating evidence in the punishment phase of a criminal or of a capital murder trial. His case remained in limbo as lower courts failed to enforce the superior court's decision until at least 2007, which, to your point, 
meant probably a lot of people went to the death chamber yeah. without that uh, being accounted for. But um, this gave Riles a realistic chance to prevail on the legal issue, but it wasn't until recently that he had contact with attorneys who were willing to assist him. So I'm sure that there are a lot of inmates on there that don't have yeah. these charitable institutions that are willing to stay, and they can't afford to to buy attorneys or pay for attorneys. Right, because that's not your, you don't get that privilege anymore or that right no. after you've so been So unless convicted. somebody like the Innocent Project yeah. picks, like the Innocence Project picks up your case, you're on your own. Yeah. But inmates like Riles are housed on death row because their judgment is a sentence of death, but it can't be carried out because they're too mentally ill. In Texas, that means that people are left to languish in the death row unit where the conditions are basically solitary confi confinement. While prosecutors argued at his trial that he was not mentally ill, several psychiatrists and psychologists testified for the defense saying that he was psychotic and suffered from schizophrenia, which I can believe. Yeah. If you just look at pictures of him, he looks mentally ill. But okay. his brother testified that his mind was not normal like other people. He is not thinking like other people. All parties now agree that he is mentally ill. The state of Texas has treated him as such for the last 45 years that he's been on death row. God. The Harris County District Attorney did not challenge the effort to overturn the death sentence. We are glad Texas's highest criminal court agreed with prosecutors and defense lawyers that jurors must be able to consider a defendant's mental health history before deciding punishment. Um, they also declined to comment on whether prosecutors will again pursue a death sentence in his case, but it is going back for resentencing. Um, this would be a very, very difficult case for Harris County to pursue further because Mr. Riles is so mentally ill that it's unlikely he would be found competent to stand mm -hmm. trial. If he were to be resentenced to life in prison, he will likely be eligible for release, but any final decision would be made by the Texas Board of Pardons and Paroles. While the Supreme Court has prohibited the death penalty for individuals who are intellectually disabled, it has not barred such punishment for those who serious, with serious mental illness. In 2019, the Texas legislature considered a bill that would have prohibited the death penalty for someone with severe mental illness. That legislation did not pass. The state, which during most years executes more inmates than any other state, has not had an execution since July 2020. This is sad and horrifying to me. Yeah. That someone with severe mental illness could be put to death without that considered in the least. Yes. It's equally horrifying that somebody was on death row for 45 years. I mean, that's... I mean, but what do you do with them? You know? Do you put them in a mental hospital? Like, what, what yes. happens to these people? I get that we have to find a way to deal with these people. But, like, it's just, I think back in that point in our history in this country, we just did, we didn't have any plans, any, right. you know, contingencies to deal with people with mental illness. And they were all just either put to death or thrown away in jail and throw, throw the, lock them up, throw I mean, away the key. That's still happening. Yeah. We still yeah. treat jail as a, a rehabilitation. Form of mental health treatment. Yeah. And it's terrifying yeah. because without proper medication and counseling and i'm not saying these people should be free i'm not saying right. they should be found innocent i'm not saying they should be walking the streets but number one we need to fix the mental health system in this country so that these people don't end up killing people mm -hmm. first of all um catch it earlier so that we can medicate and counsel and treat with therapy rather than allowing these people to get to the point where they have frustration that's been so bottled up that they have to kill somebody. Now, am I saying that these people are innocent and they shouldn't be held responsible for crimes? No, I'm not saying that at all. 
But the way we deal with mental health in this country is extremely scary and sad because mm-hmm. we don't understand it and we stigmatize it and people don't want to seek treatment because they're stigmatized for seeking treatment. Right. It's just look at Britney Spears and some of these other young men and women who are, you know, even maybe Kanye West with mm-hmm. bipolar disorder. Look at how people make fun of them and talk badly about them for being honest about their mental health issues. It's horrifying that they yeah. should be looked down upon for that. That's yeah. not their fault. They have no control over that and they shouldn't be stigmatized for it. It's sad. Yeah, it is. And the truth is the other thing that that we do is we assume people that have severe mental illness are more likely to be violent when really they're more likely to be the victims of violent crime. Yep. Statistics speak to that. Yeah. Yeah. In in many, many ways. So I'm glad that this guy finally is going to get the opportunity. I mean, he, I don't think he's going to walk free. Right. He killed, he killed somebody. Um, but on the other hand, like, I don't know either that he is cognizant or has any kind of mental awareness to even know whether he's in prison or out anyway at this right. point. Or, could, I mean, is he competent enough to participate in his own defense? No. They said you he's know? so severely mentally ill at so. this point that he doesn't even know what's going on. Right. So um, I can, can't see them really doing anything but putting him perhaps into a mental hospital. Right. But it makes me at the same time wonder how many prisoners are in our prison systems right now what's the proportion of the prison population that is dealing with severe mental illness or mental illness just in general yeah what i know that, of that population is suffering from that i know there's statistics out there i don't know what they are but i know it is high i know it's very high and why is it that we as a country basically just decides to lock these people up and throw away the key or to put them to death when every other you know civilized country in this on the planet basically looks at it in a way where these people are rehabilitated and able to be released at some point. So it's a horrifying kind of a conundrum that we're in, in this country that needs reform badly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you may already have this story to talk about, but do you have the Stephen Avery, the making a murderer story? The new one that just came out? Eventually? No, like the new story that just came out. No, talk to me. So, A story I just found, this actually just happened on April 13th, Um, a delivery driver saw Stephen Avery's nephew move Teresa Halbach's car into a salvage yard, a new court filing claims. So not the nephew that's in jail, that's in prison, not Brendan Dassey, his older brother, Bobby. Oh. Did you watch the Making a Murderer documentary? Um, I did not watch the actual documentary itself, but I listened to probably five podcasts yeah. about the whole thing. So Bobby was like one of the main witnesses. Against his brother. Against his brother and uncle. So now it seems that he's involved. Yep. And he had every reason to cover up and lie and hide, which doesn't surprise me. Yeah, and it made me think of it because you mentioned the Innocence Project in the last story you talk about, and the Innocence Project has taken on Stephen Avery's case. And they say that a newspaper delivery driver saw Bobby and an unidentified older man suspiciously pushing a blue Toyota RAV4 toward the family's salvage yard in the early morning of November 5th, 2005, days after, the, after Halbach's disappearance. 
He says the driver drove by Bobby and the other individual to deliver the papers to the Avery mailbox, and he turned around and drove back to the exit. When he reached the Bob the Rob the Rav Four, Bobby attempted to step in front of his car to block him from leaving the property, and that it was obvious that he did not want to see him there, that he did not expect to see anybody there. He said, I could, he looked me in the eye and I could tell he was not happy to see me there. I knew that Bobby Dassey and the older individual were doing something creepy. Well, who was he with? That person's not identified. So after authorities found the RAV4 on the same day and identified it as Hallbach's vehicle, Sawinski, the driver, realized the significance of what he observed and immediately contacted the Manitowoc's uh, sheriff's office to report what he saw. He says that in his affidavit that he just filed, that an officer at the sheriff's office told him that they already know who did it and that investigators never contacted him about the case, but he left his name and number with them anyway. What? Which I don't know. Like my first if take, you, if you if you watch the uh, watch Making a Murderer, that does actually fit with the way that case went. I mean, my sense of the case was that Stephen Avery was not innocent. There was something going on there. He just did not strike me as being innocent. But I, I felt very strongly that the the nephew Br- Brendan dad was not guilty. That he didn't deserve to be. Well, not he only was. was he innocent, he was mentally he, he was he was wasn't he? yeah he was intellectually. Um, disabled oh shoot what's the impaired no um i cannot think of the term um diminished capacity he was very clearly diminished capacity and his attorney should have been disbarred the way that he let the authorities handle that he just let them talk to him by the by himself he was a minor he had no uh, his attorney wasn't in the room he didn't have a parent in the room it was horrible the way he's that he's been handled and he should be I fully think he's innocent. Stephen Avery, yeah. I don't know. I definitely felt like there was a miscarriage of justice with Brendan Dassey, but with Stephen Avery, for me, he just struck me as like, okay, he's I've creepy. already been, I've already been tried for this. So what, what are they going to do? Kind he's of a creepy. Thing. And the way that I kind of came away from watching Making a Murder is they, they, they put the documentary in a light where they fully believe that Stephen Avery is innocent. I mean, that's just that's that's how they produce the show, and that's fine. That's their show, but. I came away from it thinking if something he didn't, didn't feel right, if he didn't do it, somebody on the property did like it definitely yeah. happened on the property. I just, somebody on the property did. I just don't know who on the property did it. You know what and I mean? Now like, it seems like the other nephew. Right. And yeah. And my, one of my friends actually thought it was the other nephew after watching, um, the documentary. So that's very interesting. I don't know what will happen with that if anything, yeah. but that was the new article that just came out about that one. That was super mm. interesting. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. So does that mean that there's a new trial or, like, what's going to happen? Um, I don't think there's a new trial. Um, I mean, it seems like that's enough evidence to get a new trial. Right. So they are, his attorneys are saying that his testimony, this testimony is critical to the case as Bobby served as a primary witness against Avery in the trial. Quote, the suppressed evidence... Uh, from the driver was favorable to the defense and the material to, to and material to pivotal issue in the trial because it would have one destroyed entirely the credibility of Bobby as a state's primary witness, two established that Bobby was directly involved in the murder of Miss Habak, three established that Bobby planted evidence to frame his uncle Mr. Avery. So they are saying that he did not the Mr. Avery did not the Stephen Avery did not uh, receive a fair trial and they're asking the Wisconsin Court of Appeals to stay the appeal and that their case be sent back to the circuit court so their client can pursue supplemental post-conviction motion in connection to Mr. Avery's discovery of previously suppressed evidence by the state. So this is just winding its way through the court system. They haven't ruled on this yet. Right. It just came out. 
And, okay. and I remember when, because Kathleen Zellner is like the big person oh, yeah. with uh, oh, you know, yeah. the Innocence Project. And I remember when she took on this case and I'm like, oh, she's crazy. Like, why would she? But then like, she also would say, she's like, I don't take on a case unless I'm 100% sure I can prove the innocence. And so yeah. you're like, God, like, what does she know? But also, right? like, there's no way she can prove this is innocent. And then, like, I remember her saying, like, Bam. we have, we have this information. Comes and this yeah. comes out. Yeah. So that's interesting. Very interesting. I guess we'll wait and see, right? Yeah. It's another one to keep an eye on. Um, so I think the last one that I really wanted to chat about that just kind of caught my attention was Nike wins court bid over Satan shoes with human blood. Did you see? I know you saw this. Yeah, I did see it. So they won this lawsuit against Brooklyn Art Collective, MSCHF, over controversial Satan shoes, which contain a drop of real human blood in the soles. The shoes sell for about a thousand bucks, and they're modified Nike Air Max 97s that featured an inverted cross, a pentagram, and the words Luke 1018. MSCHF produced the shoes in collaboration with rapper Lil Nas X. Only 666 pairs were made, and all but one have already been shipped. Nike claimed that trademark infringement right. had happened, asking a federal court in New York to stop them from selling the shoes and prevent them from using their famous swoosh. MSCHF and its unauthorized Satan shoes are likely to cause confusion and dilution and create an erroneous association between MSCHF's products and Nike. The sports, juice, the sports shoe giant said in a lawsuit, lawyers for this collective countered that the 666 pairs created were not typical sneakers, but rather individually numbered works of art that were sold to collectors for $1,000 each. Siding with Nike, though, the federal judge issued a temporary restraining order on Thursday. The impact of the ruling remains unclear, as this art collective indicated it has no plans to produce any more pairs of the shoes. They dropped the black and red shoes on Monday of last, I think it was last yeah. week, coinciding with the launch of this rapper's latest song called Call Me By Your Name, which debuted on YouTube a few weeks back, the song features the rapper who came out as gay in 2019, celebrating his sexuality and rejecting attempts to shame him. In a heavily stylized music video, he slides down a pole from heaven to hell before dancing provocatively with Satan. He gives then it snaps his dance. neck and steals his horns, basically. <laughs> the imagery and the shoes both reference the Bible verse, Luke 10:18. So he told them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Each shoe also features a signature Nike Air bubble cushioning sole containing 60 cubic centimeters of red ink and a single drop of human blood donated by members of the MSCHF Art Collective. In its filings with the U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of New York, Nike said it did not approve or authorize of the customized Satan shoes. There's already evidence of significant confusion and dilution occurring in the marketplace, including calls to boycott Nike in response to the launch of these Satan shoes, based on the mistaken belief that Nike has authorized or approved the product. The lawsuit cited a tweet by popular shoe influencer at Saint from last Friday, which teased the upcoming release of the shoes and drummed up publicity over the weekend on social media. Um, this is just crazy. The whole thing is so stupid, and the whole the outrage the faux outrage is the Christianity versus the devil part. I understand Nike has a concern because apparently that collective, all they do is like buy designer products and then resell them. Yeah. So like, I understand that and I get the trademark issue and that's totally fair. But the real outrage over the situation was that it was like celebrating the devil and like, oh my God, he gives the devil a lap dance and this is a gay man. And it's 
Like it's just it's it's stupid. It's com- like it's contrived well, outrage. I think the thing is, you know, if you're gonna come up with a product and you're gonna use it as a marketing tool for your music video or whatever, mm-hmm. come up with your own damn shoes. No, no, Don't no. take somebody else's brand. Hundred percent. And dilute it. I hundred percent get the the trademark. I don't deal. care what he's doing in his music video or whatever. Yeah. To each his own. You all you have your your right to speak your mind and and have the freedom of speech. But don't dilute someone else's brand by yeah. taking their product and making it look like Nike's putting out these products yeah. for you to promote your music video. Right. So that's which, my only. Which, argument with this and i agree with that i think that's totally fair nike's within their their reasonable rights to pursue that but the whole reason that everybody got upset is the double imagery right but i I heard as well that they had a jesus shoe too with a drop of holy water in it that was i didn't hear that a similar thing that came out as well and they didn't make a big deal out of that of course but that's neither here nor there because evidently i guess um there was a recall on all 666 pairs of these mm-hmm. Satan shoes and they called them all back and gave the people money but it was a publicity stunt it was, it was nothing it, was. it wasn't to make money it was nothing more than a publicity stunt it did what it had to do it made the money it got people looking at this guy's video mm-hmm. and end of story but is it right to to do that well is no it it's not right right it, to do that it's not right to take somebody else's product and remarket it as your own thing but it also had a Streisand effect, right? Where everybody got outraged about the shoes and everybody's then like, what's the deal with this, these guys, the shoes and these, this guy? And they look him up and they look, see the video. I mean, it, the outrage also created more publicity for the, the thing itself. Yeah. And the thing about the blood is creepy. Like, it's not just the notion that it's just, like, I'm not weirded out by blood, but that it's somebody else's blood in my shoe i don't want that a drop of blood if it were my blood i'd wear my own blood in my shoe if that were like a thing it's i don't really want to do that but like if i were to do that i would need it to be my blood i wouldn't want it to be somebody else's like dna in my shoe that's gross yeah i I don't know but again but the whole thing's stupid they won the battle but it's interesting to me not from nike's part the whole devil thing is stupid yeah 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 but I worked in intellectual property for a number of years, particularly mm-hmm. in patent and trademark infringement cases. And this is a trademark infringement case. It's yeah. cut and dry. It's simple. It's trademark infringement. People trademark marks, slogans, business names, etc. They file for protection. They spend money to protect those marks. Right. And the trademark and patent office offers a protection when you file that paperwork to protect your marks. Yeah, this is law. This is basics, people. You can't I don't really go out know. and take somebody else's mark and use it for your own purposes. Yeah, I don't really know why he thought or why the collective thought that like they were going to get away with it, or maybe they didn't think they were going to get away with it. Maybe they knew that this was how it's going to go the whole time. I don't know. Well, they weren't doing it for money. So for me, like if you get yourself with a big name like Nike, mm-hmm. who you know is immediately going to file a lawsuit to either have the products recalled or an injunction to prevent you from using this, you're going to get publicity. Right. People are immediately so going to pick that maybe that was up. the original, like... And I'm pretty sure that that was plan, what it yeah. was. It was a publicity stunt. Yeah. How do you prevent I that? I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you prevent that, but it just America doesn't seem fair man. We that just, you should have to go out and spend to. thousands of dollars to prevent somebody from using your marks on their stupid crap. I'm not going to lie to you. I agree with the trademark issue. I'm having a hard time feeling any kind of sympathy for Nike's corporate lawyer situation. I don't think they've spent anywhere near 0.1% 
of their value on this case. Well, uh, which I, I think know is not the point, but who, also who don't like Nike because they say that Nike, you know, has child labor issues and right. buys products from Vietnam. Yeah, that but children a, that's, make a, that's and so a whole so that's forth, a whole but, different thing. I'm just saying I don't feel bad that they spent money on the legal component. I don't feel bad about that. Well, and they didn't pursue cases against the Jesus shoes, so... I don't know that that was actually real. I think that was somebody... Like, I think that he tweeted that. Like, Lil Nas X tweeted that as like, okay, are you happy now? We'll release Jesus shoes. I'm not sure that that was ever a real product. Because I would imagine Nike would pursue that if it were a real product. Because it's the same thing. I guess there's, you know, on the heels of this, there's a post office inspired sneaker reportedly being planned by nike like i don't understand who'd want to buy a post office shoe (laughs) this other article says nike fresh from satan shoes win eyes much weaker trademark battle versus the post office nike on the heels of settling its lawsuit with design brand mschf for possible trademark infringement now has to defend itself against nearly identical allegations from another antagonist In an ironic twist, the sneaker giant is being taken to task by the U.S. Postal Service over upcoming Postal Service-inspired sneakers. So they're getting sued by the government for doing the same thing they just sued this collective for Yeah. See, that's why I don't feel bad for Nike. So the USPS is challenged on the latest string of public relations headaches for the top athletic brand, all but guarantees the company will end up in court once again with a shoe on the other foot. According to a USPS statement provided to Yahoo Finance, Nike's experimental Air Force One sneaker is neither licensed nor otherwise authorized by the U.S. Postal Service. This is an unfortunate situation where a large brand like Nike aggressively protects its intellectual property but has chosen to leverage another brand for its gain. Sit burn. The Postal Service is disappointed in Nike's lack of response to repeated attempts to come to a solution. The Postal Service will take whatever action it deems necessary to protect its valuable IP Man, rights. Man, the Postal Service doesn't have enough money to go to take that to trial. They're broke. That's why. That's why everybody's it selling They're bankrupt, Postal basically. Service stuff anyway to benefit them. See, that's why I don't feel bad for Nike though, because they just turned around and did the exact same thing. I don't understand this. Like, why? How are they thinking that a U.S. Postal Service shoe is going to make a lot of money? I don't have any response like, to that postal service is not that it's cool. dope man <laughs> get my mail i don't know so yeah evidently this mschf issued a voluntary recall to buy back all oh, of voluntary. the Satan shoes and the they also made the jesus oh, they shoes. did make the jesus shoes so the that's they the mschf made the jesus shoes as well as the satan shoes and they decided that they would voluntarily recall all of them from circulation. Yeah, but that that means people still get to keep them if they want to, right? Uh, no. Uh, well, like if they already purchased the goods and that transaction is complete, that's a voluntary recall. Yeah, I mean they don't have yeah. to, but they can get their money back. I don't know why you wouldn't want to get your money back. <laughs> you wore them for like Dude, six months. You know how much those things are going to be worth on eBay. Uh, yeah, money. way more than what they paid. So it's interesting. In the last few months alone, Nike has grappled with a reselling scandal involving a former company VP, former Democratic presidential nominee Bernie Sanders, calling out the brand for paying $0 in federal taxes for three years, and the company drawing the ire of Chinese state media for criticizing Beijing for human rights abuses. Mm, that's pretty rich. Interesting. Yeah. 
And it says, if you paid $120 for a pair of Nike Air Force One shoes, you paid more to Nike than it paid in federal income taxes over the past three years. Well, it made $4.1 billion in profits, and Nike's founder, Phil Knight, became over $23 billion richer. Yes, we must tax the rich. That's of Bernie course, Sanders. That's, that's classic Bernie right there. Love Bernie. <laughs> Um, it's certainly a tough period for a PR from a PR point of view, but none of the issues here have much play in social media, says the, the industry advisor. See, that's because the Nike, outrage was just Nike about the keeps double getting, thing. It wasn't actually about any of that. Nike keeps, I mean, Nike keeps getting caught with its hand in the cookie jar, but no in, investors really, they don't mm -mm. give a F. On Thursday, the stock traded around $134 a share, just shy of the 52-week high it reached in January. They keep trucking along. Nobody ever ever wins against them they seem to win everything so it hasn't impacted no, them negatively that's why i say i don't feel whatsoever bad i don't feel bad for their lawyers so it just gave them a lot of added publicity yeah. and it got the art collective what yeah. they wanted to it got them to stream that it got thousands of people I to stream that video wins. for little nas no. x that's a rare case so, where everybody but it's wins. interesting but you know i think i would be mad or if it was a smaller company that they had taken the oh yeah for sure like a mom and pop but i don't think he would have done it for it with a mom and pop no not not Lil Nas X. I don't think Do so. Do you know who he is as an artist? Yeah. Yeah, he's the one who did that stupid cowboy rap song last year or two I, years ago. I don't really pay attention to current music. Old Town, Old Town Road. It's like a country <laughs> rap song. Country rap song. It's a, yeah, it's a country rap song. It was so popular. Um, it's fine. I mean, but he came because he, he became a big deal, A, because that song was everywhere, and B, because he's a black guy that came out, and that's very rare. Yeah. Um, well, especially a rapper. So, like rappers are known for right. being really like anti-gay, like like homophobic, yeah. and that sort of thing. Yeah. So yeah, so he, I don't like I don't know the guy. I don't know that much about him. But from what I've like the the information I've consumed about him just from being like on Twitter or whatever, I would be surprised if he did it to like a small mom and pop shoe shoe store. But that's me. That's my guess. I don't know. But it's just like, it seems, seems like, like that kid. was all over the news. And I just had to talk about it to. The, I mean, really, the only reason it was all over the news because. Because it really is a legal issue. It's a it's an infra trademark infringement issue. It, it absolutely is. And they are correct in that. But the only reason it was all over the news is because of the double thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, maybe. that's it. Because I mean, there's Fox News. Grandma's hundreds got, of got, infringement got, lawsuits that Nike handles every year. But the thing you is, don't hear about. it's interesting because they are doing it to other people like. Right. You know, it doesn't make any sense for them to get this publicity and make money off it when they're turning around and doing the same thing to. Companies like the U.S. Postal Service that really need that money on their own. They need to be right. paid some sort of royalties on that. And maybe it would help the Postal Service get out of debt if Nike paid them a royalty for using their logos. I don't know. I feel like we should just probably tax corporations more than we do. And that would help probably help these government services. No, we should. Well, How does yeah, Nike get away with not paying any taxes? I don't Same thing with Amazon. I don't understand that. That doesn't make any sense know. to me. Stay tuned for corporate hour, corporate tax hour with Darcy and Sarah. Yeah, but it's funny that Bernie <laughs> called about like, God bless Bernie. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not like, I'm not a huge Bernie fan on normally, but after the mittens thing with the seat and the, the inauguration, like, he's literally like, <laughs> I, I literally want him to come sit in my living room. And just do that. God with bless Bernie. 
<laughs> right? Just come sit in his little mittens. And like, he just took, it was so casual. And it was just so like. It, it was like another errand he had to do that day, which is go to the inauguration. Right? And it just, yeah. the mittens. I want some yeah. mittens like that, first of all. Second of all, didn't he have like earmuffs or something on too? Like, um, he was so I chill. I think he did. You can see where you are now. You could have mittens and earmuffs. And he just like had like a manila envelope or something too, uh-huh. right? And just like, yeah. da 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 <laughs> Marking things off my honey-do list. <laughs> Bless Bernie and his little heart. Yep. Yeah. He's an interesting little character. But anyway. Grandpa Bernie. Interesting topics for the day. I just um, occasionally will come across things, and I know I want to talk about them on the show and bring them to your attention because I know you'd be riveted. Yes. And we have reached my limit on knowledge about corporations and tax things. So... <laughs> uh, if you have anything else to say about that, I will just have to listen. And I'll probably get a blank stare on my face because I always tune out when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah. I just can't help it. Yeah. But but I'm going to yeah. school you a little bit because... Are you? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm yeah. not. I'm so not going to do that. That's, yeah, because also, again, like I said, I'm just going to get a blank stare on my face. I just, I just can't help but hit stuff like that because I did blogging for years where I wrote for um, IP lawyers. Right. About infringement lawsuits and patent infringement, patent yeah. and trademark infringement lawsuits where you know, we got a quite a bit of coverage. We got coverage from CNN, MSNBC. We talked about athletes and things like that. I think the one that I wrote that got picked up by either CNN or MSNBC was the one that I wrote about, um, who's the guy with the monobrow? Anthony Davis. Is that what his name is? Oh, the basketball player? Yeah. yeah. The fear of the brow. He trademarked his yeah. eyebrow, basically. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So I wrote an article about that, and it got picked up by one of the major. <laughs> and they came, nice. they came and interviewed our law firm, and it was really interesting. So I still look for those articles and, and think about yeah. that phase of my life. I did that for four or five years. I wrote about family yeah. law. I wrote about intellectual property and things like that. And we got some stuff of ours. Because that's what the major news organizations like yahoo and they pick up other people's articles they don't write their own stuff yeah they don't have original stuff and they didn't credit me for anything (gasps) they 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 credited your law firm they credited the law firm but i never got a byline or anything for any of the articles i probably wrote 300 articles and i never got credited for a single one of them i still have all of them and i'm like i use them as part of my portfolio but like sure i wish i would have got a byline for all the stuff that i wrote through the years but yeah, it is what it is. Um, let's go ahead and wrap the episode up for the day, though. Unless you have Word. anything else that you want to add about fingers tearing off and whatnot, or pers- I don't. personal oh my experience. Gosh, I'm gonna send you that picture though, like no. just randomly, no. like in like three days no. after you've forgotten that we if talked about it. If you do that, I'm blocking like, your number. <laughs> <laughs> you will well, only this podcast. <laughs> you will only be able to contact me through email after that, and only if there's no images attached. <laughs> <laughs> yeah please don't send me pictures of people with nubbins it's <laughs> wild man it was you can't really see anything you just see a glove no. and there's just like no. I mean, it's just like this. no like darcy okay i said no <laughs> no means no <laughs> okay okay uh, on the other hand though like what's our um social media so you can post stuff like that if you want to show yeah. people no i'm not i won't post that, <laughs> that on social media like people are really, not like yeah people are not like me no um our social media is at the bfd podcast on both twitter and instagram and there will be no graphic pictures because we don't 
stuff. We don't do that. We don't roll like that. No, because I understand that most people are not like me and don't like to see that stuff. But there's a couple of podcasts out there that will post some pretty graphic images. Yeah, you can find it if you want to look at it. Um, but the other podcasts post really, really graphic stuff. That's not how we roll here. Like mm, we don't feel no. the need to get those gratuitous, dirty yeah. things. Or it feels exploitative. Yeah, it does. Um, but. Yeah. You can shoot us an email, though. We're at the bfdpodcast at gmail.com and tell us about how much you want to see pictures of fingers. Yeah, if you, if you privately message me, I'll Darcy send it. Darcy will send it to you. <laughs> <laughs> or shoot her, she'll slide into her DMs and she'll send you some pictures. <laughs> Just send you some weird pictures of a guy missing a finger. Right. <laughs> or, the, or like some pictures. Remember how we were going to do the thing with Dahlia? Oh, yeah, we never did that. <laughs> Yeah, we'll talk about that someday on the podcast but until then yeah. please join us next time when we talk about more weird wild and wacky cases good night podcast peeps stay safe keep it real and always live your very best life bye bye guys <laughs>